Welcome to Honest HR, the podcast for HR professionals, people managers, and team leads intent on growing our companies for the better. We bring you honest, forward-thinking conversations and relatable stories from the workplace that challenge the way it's always been done. Because after all, you have to push back to move forward. Honest HR is a podcast from SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. And by listening, you're helping create better workplaces and a better world. I'm Wendy Fong. I'm Amber Clayton. And I'm Monique Akadbi. Now Now, let's get honest. honest. Hello, and welcome back to Honest HR. I'm your host, Monique Akanbi, Shermfield Services Director East at Sherm. On our episode today, we're going to talk about everything an HR professional and business leader should consider as it relates to the world of artificial intelligence, better known as AI. This podcast is approved to provide 0.75 SHRM PDCs towards your SHRM CP or SHRM SCP recertification if you listen to the full episode. We'll provide the activity ID at the end of the show. Our guest for this podcast is none other than SHRM's Chief Human Resources Officer, Jim Link. Welcome to Honest HR, Jim. I'm excited to have you on our podcast and to talk about a topic that's at the forefront of every business leader and HR professional's mind, AI. So Jim, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Hi, Monique. It is such a pleasure to be here with you today on this Honest HR podcast. You know, this topic is fascinatingly interesting to me for all kinds of reasons. And the chief one among those, obviously, is the potential that artificial intelligence has to really be a game changer for those of us who work in this human resources space at any level. So you ask a little bit about me. So I am Jim Link. I am the Chief Human Resources Officer at SHRM, the largest human resources association in the world with more than 330,000 global members. So what's interesting is that so many of our members today are asking us as thought leaders and content providers in the space of human resources, what's up with all things related to artificial intelligence? So what I thought I would do today, Monique, if that's okay with you, is just kind of outline this world of artificial intelligence just a little bit as we see it at SHRM, and then we can dive into some of the specifics that I know you and our listening audience will be interested in hearing more about. Absolutely. Well, take us away, Jim. Thanks, Monique. Well, you know, today, artificial intelligence in the workplace really has four goals, And the first one of those goals is the goal of optimization. So that means helping make workers more efficient in completing tasks that, you know, can't be automated, right? So they're trying to optimize what they have because it can't be automated. The second goal is enhancement, and that's really to enhance options for services and to offer greater decision-making capability for HR practitioners at all levels. The third one in my mind is where it really starts to get interesting, and that's in the space of prediction. And that allows us to see farther into the future and into the past to predict trends and outcomes that we currently don't have the capability to see because of the proliferation of all the data that's out there. And then the fourth one, and this is the one that everybody's talking about, is generation. 
right? To create new work products never before conceived or in ways never before explored. So now Monique, when we're talking about those four areas, optimization, enhancement, prediction, and generation, I bet that most of the listening audience today is already doing some version of those first two, optimization and enhancement, even if they don't realize it, right? Most technological applications today that many of our human resources organizations out there are using are already doing that. But where this starts to get really exciting and really interesting is it in this whole space of prediction and generation. And when you think about the future, that's where I would encourage human resources practitioners to really be thinking about what's not just possible, but what today is impossible that might become possible tomorrow. So those are the four big areas of artificial intelligence and technology today as we think about it. And now that we know those four, I'm really ready to dig in wherever you want to. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jim, for laying out that foundation. I know that this is a topic that excites me just because of not only the possibilities and, and going back to what you said and focusing on what's impossible, right? What does the future look like? How do we as HR professionals and business leaders can truly leverage artificial intelligence and not run away or shy away from something that is new? Um, so, in your words or in your thoughts, how do you think AI will change HR in the realm of the three and four goals, right? Prediction and also generation. Well, I believe it's a game changer for the human capital space in general. If you think about what we have historically done as human resources practitioners, we have been gatherers of information, right? We have gathered that information and we've used it for all those things we have to do like compliance and regulatory reporting and ensuring that we, we know the stats, right? The basic numbers, how many employees we have, how many are male, how many are female, right? How, ma how many people are signed up on our healthcare plans? All of those kinds of things. So it's a, it's a look back reporting methodology that we have historically done. What we haven't done is use the proliferation of all of that information that we now have, aggregate it in such a way that it becomes either predictive or if using the right AI tool, even possibly generative. So to me, that's the most exciting part of that is taking what capability we already have in our organizations and actually doing something with it that's used to guide and steer the business. There are learning and development examples. There are performance management examples. There are employee engagement and feedback examples. I mean, and the list goes on and on and on. It's that combination of formally disparate pieces of information that can be loaded into a generative AI platform to give you all kinds of insight that we hadn't even thought about yesterday. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jim. If I think back to when I was a practicing HR professional, things like this would definitely excite me in terms of looking in the future and using those predictive analysis or tools to help me and my organization look into or pr be able to predict kind of where we're going. How does 
how does that align with our strategy um, with as in terms of an organization and how we can then um, move the organization forward. However, um, I know that there are some uh, some HR professionals, some of my colleagues that I have spoken to that are still practicing HR, where they get a little concerned, uh, right? If we think about anything that is new um, for HR, we're always excited about it, but there's also that risk that comes with what does this mean? What is this new um, tool or resource means as it relates to my role as an HR professional. So if I am in HR and I am a little hesitant, I'm concerned, I am scared, um, and I don't know where to even start as it relates to artificial intelligence, what would be your advice? Well, the first thing to do is to go to sherm.org and download the AI playbook. That AI playbook is free to anyone, uh, and we certainly want to share the knowledge that we have across the organization and across the general public to help people really understand that first and foremost, this is not something of which you should be afraid. And I understand that hesitancy. It is something new. It represents change. You may think that you don't have the uh, requisite skills you need in order to be able to uh, to utilize these systems. I will tell you that in my own trial and error related to all things related to artificial intelligence, if you can find a way on your phone or on your laptop to, to toggle over to an open uh, screen where that you can access the internet, that's the worst of it. That's literally the worst of it. And I bet that 98.9% .9 of the people on this call do what I just said multiple times a day right? They open a new tab in their browser and off they go. The question is knowing where to go once you get there. So Google it, right? There's all kinds of opportunities out there. Google itself even has a platform called Gemini. That's the one I've been playing around on uh, the most because it's free. And you just type in Google Gemini and off you go. There are others that are paid and there are others that are specific to industries or professions uh, or to degrees of sophistication. But just go on there and and pick up that skill and pick up some of the terminology and some of the language. Let me give you one that spooks people, literally spooks people. It's a term in AI called a hallucination, right? So what happens with a hallucination? That's when you load something, some prompt, which is another one of the buzzwords. A prompt is simply a question that you put into the AI tool. And that prompt can be anything. I ask it silly things just to see what I can get, right? I also ask it very professional oriented things so I can compare and contrast that against the capabilities that I know that we have here at SHRM from our own content. And you utilize that information then and you read through it to ensure that it's not giving you information that's been gathered inappropriately or that is flat out wrong, right? That flat out wrong information is where that the AI tool has taken various and disparate pieces of knowledge information and drawn a conclusion from them. It's generated an outcome, but it's up to us as responsible human beings and human resources practitioners to believe and read through and vet that outcome so that we're all comfortable that the knowledge and information that was generated by the AI tool is actually believable. If it's not, and you get, get a bunch of things that are not believable, that's why it's called a hallucination. And Monique, what's important here is that even though we're talking about utilizing technology, 
you just heard me say that the human element is still required and it will be for the foreseeable future, right? We're not talking about a world where um, any type of machine or technology is actually making decisions for us. Rather, that technology is giving us more information for which we can make our own decisions. And that's what people need to understand and to realize. So all that to say, get familiar with the nomenclature, get familiar with the, with the, the tech itself, and go out there and experiment with this. Don't be afraid of it, because remember, there were probably people that were afraid of the first cell phones. There were, I still remember trying to convince my mother to actually buy a cell phone so she could text me, right? I had to teach her how to text me. Now she's a master texter, right? And that only took a few short years. But anyway, that capability and that style of grasping what's new, you don't have to be an expert or a pro at it, but you have to be engaged enough to at least know the possibilities. And we in human resources here are all about mastering the possibilities. Thank you so much, Jim. And that beautifully sums up um, a term that our president and CEO, Johnny C. Taylor Jr. has coined, which is AI plus HI equals ROI, return on investment. And while we have artificial intelligence as that resource or that tool, there's also still a need for that human intelligence components and how we can leverage the two to get a greater return on investment. Yeah, that's, that's perfectly well said, Monique. And I 100% agree, not just because Johnny's my boss, but because this is exactly right. And the, the terminology is AI plus HI equals ROI. So let's, let's break that up just a second. Artificial intelligence is what we're obviously talking about here, but it's just a new form of technology. That's all it is. We've never just relied on technology in the past and for the foreseeable future, we won't just be relying on it in the future, no matter how advanced or how easy it, it becomes. So that's the AI part of that mathematical equation. The HI piece is arguably the one that's the most valuable and the most important to businesses because you can have all of the artificial intelligence and technological tools that you want, but if you don't have the addition, AI plus HI, if you don't have the addition of that human intelligence and human capability, then you're stuck. It's this equation is not AI equals ROI. That's not it. The equation is AI plus HI, human intelligence equals that return on the investment. Let's face it, AI is not a standalone solution. It really becomes only powerful and useful when it's paired with that uniquely human thing that we have called human intelligence, right? Today, technology cannot discern in the way that we cannot discern. It does not have free choice. It does not necessarily make productive outcomes of things that are re seemingly remote or completely disparate. It, we still rely on human knowledge and human capability and human skill to do that. And that's where the AI plus HI equals ROI equation came from. Now, Monique, I actually have another mathematical solution to this. Let's hear I it. I actually think... <laughs> that if it's more uh, of, of a situation where, you, where you're looking at exponents. And I think if you use HI as your base and then your exponent becomes AI, right? So almost like a chemical equation, I think that equals ROI to the X power. Because when we do, that's how big I think this has the potential to be. And if you think of the math in a slightly more complicated way, the outcomes are are so much bigger, so much exponentially bigger 
of the capability and the possibility of what we can generate together with human intelligence as the base and then utilizing that exponent artificial intelligence to help us continue to have that return on investment for organizations. That's where I think the real power lies. Thank you so much, Jim, for sharing that additional uh, equation. And you, a little earlier, you talked about um, some of the ways that HR professionals and business leaders can truly leverage artificial intelligence um, in the areas of talent acquisition or learning and development, performance management. What are some ways that you can share that your team um, at SHRM, the HR team at SHRM, has leveraged artificial intelligence? Well, we're utilizing it in every way that we have the possibility to leverage it today. Why is that? Well, first of all, it makes us much more productive than we, we have ever been as a human resources organization. The second thing that we're doing and paying lots of attention today is where we can learn new things from combining data, having artificial intelligence look at data in different ways than we would have done it in the past, simply because we didn't have time to do it that way. Or we didn't understand that if you combine different sets of variables, you get a completely different view of the world. So let me tell you some, give you some very, very specific examples. Today, we're clearly using artificial intelligence to help us in the recruitment of potential employees into SHRM. That's everything from the use of chatbots all the way up through helping us determine from a hiring perspective how we would go about it getting people interested in us at SHRM, right? Like what would be the ideal way to attract this particular candidate to come to work for us? You can then use artificial intelligence once someone uh, decides to join your organization to help continue the outreach to that individual before they actually join, right? You can then use it for onboarding. You can then use it for talent management. You can then use it for performance identification, leadership identification and development assessments if your organization uses that. And what I like to do is put together performance with learning and development, with engagement, and with feedback, those four pieces, because then you can really look at people who, because of their engagement, because of their performance, because of their potential to be future leaders in the organization, you can do a better job of looking at who those people are based on the data rather than it being you know, a, a wet thumb in the wind type of approach to determine who your next best leader is going to be. So you're combining all of these different ways, and we are in full-blown experimental mode, to be completely fair. For example, I can't tell you, Monique, the last time that anybody on my team wrote a job description from soup to nuts, right, from beginning to end. I can't tell you when we did that, because we very, very early on learned that one of the most valuable pieces of things that we could do here is take things that were previously very, very time-consuming and ask artificial intelligence to give us a first pass, to give us that first edit. So job descriptions are one of those perfect examples. It used to take us between 45 minutes to an hour to tailor right, a, a job description for a new role. Right Now we had the banks of job descriptions like most companies do, but for a new role, it would take us about an hour of time to do that. Now, once you learn how to prompt correctly in artificial intelligence, we can prompt the artificial intelligent tool that you're using to write a job description for a, you name it, right? Let's say a CHRO, write a job description. I hope Sherman's not doing that by the way, anytime soon, but write <laughs> a job description for a chief human resources officer in seconds, certainly under a minute, 
you get a first draft of something. And then when you read through that, you can redo the prompt again. If you see that something's missing or you don't like the way that it was produced, you can just change one word in the prompt and get a completely different outcome. Once you're satisfied that artificial intelligence has given you everything that it can give you in that particular uh, prompting request, then you sit down and you spend 10 to 15 minutes editing what came out instead of 45 minutes to an hour writing it. You have saved literally 75% of the time that you would have put on that task just by doing it in the way that I just described. So that frees up people to do what we do best, which is to think, right? To plan, to coordinate, to organize, all of those uniquely human traits and characteristics which artificial intelligence, at least in the foreseeable future, is going to have a hard time emulating because we as humans still have that unique capability to add empathy, to add emotional intelligence, to be active listeners, to read the room and change your inquiry in such a way that you get a different response from an employee or a vendor or a, or a provider or a member of sure. So that's where I'd rather my team be spending their time is thinking about how to build better employee and, and member engagement than writing job descriptions. And now this tool has allowed us to, to free up, at least in the case, in this particular case, you know, a good 75% of our time in that particular task to focus on the things which are really, really more important, which is employee and member engagement. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jim. It makes me think about my time. So in my role as a field services director, I support um, our SHARM affiliates. And I was with one of our state councils a few months ago, back in um, October, and we were going through the strategic planning process. So they've asked me to, to lead their strategic planning process. There was some pre-work that we had done. And so when we all gathered together, one of the first things that we did was a re-evaluation of their mission and vision statement. Um, and your example of, of creating those efficiencies and um, utilizing artificial intelligence to kind of minimize the amount of time of the back and forth. And I'm a firm believer of uh, not recreating the will if we don't have to. But after about 20 minutes as a group of everyone going through the mission statement, vision statement, and really looking at, is this an accurate reflection of the state council at that time? One of our volunteer leaders said, well, I just put it in chat GPT um, and, and this is what um, it gave me. And I will tell you what took us, the group actually, uh, about 20 minutes to come up with in a matter of a couple of minutes, we had a solid foundation in terms of a revision of the state council's mission statement. And so I see where utilizing artificial intelligence can create those efficiencies and really reduce the amount of time that we're spending on things that we can leverage artificial intelligence to help us fill that gap and focus on some of those human intelligence components. Oh, you are you are 100% right. Uh, let me give you an example that happened to me back in January. So, so I teach uh, in an executive MBA program overseas. I've done that for, this was my 13th year of doing that. And I am one weekend where I teach uh, strategic human capital management to, to these, uh, this particular cohort of students. So I go over there every year and provide this, this instructional time, 16 hours worth of instructional time to these students. This was the first year where 
as I was presenting slides and charts and I was talking about facts and figures and those types of things, that the students were fact checking me utilizing artificial intelligence. Wow. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, you know, standing at the front of the classroom thinking, okay, now what is it, it really, it kind of irked me at first. And then, you know, it was kind of the how dare they thing. Right. right? <laughs> I mean, there is some hubris involved here, right? But but the bigger thing that that got my attention was the need to be right, right? So as you're thinking about this, whether you're a leader, a practitioner, an instructor or professor, the role I was playing that particular weekend, what that reinforced for me is that because you can be fact-checked and spot-checked, you know, with anything that really comes from you that you're providing as knowledge, information, or content, in this case to students, or in the case that you and I live every day, Monique, to employees and to members, we got to be right. So they just reinforce that need in my mind that there are so many ways out there now to validate the knowledge and information and capability that you're hearing. And students can do it on the fly. Members can do it on the fly. That ups the ante for us at SHRM to ensure that the content that we're providing to, to our members on any topic is not only truthful and accurate, but also reflects the most recent thinking that's available to us. So, yep, those students spot checked me on the moment, even raised their hand and said, you know what, I didn't believe that, but I loaded it into uh, chat GPT and you were right, uh, Mr. Link. I'm like, okay, thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> that. And thanks for spot checking me. So it's reconfirming the things that so many of us hold dear, which is authenticity and trust and genuineness and capability and knowledge. And, and if we use it appropriately and we vet our, the responses, we're going to provide better capability to our employees, to our members, and to our families, right? Whoever it is that you serve in your life, this gives us a unique opportunity to really go down a different path of assuredness and authenticity. And I, I actually love that. I think it, it's going to be a game changer for not just our business, of human resources or the industries in which we live and work, but our communities, our families, and other things that are near and dear to us. That's good, Jim. You know the need to the need to to be right, and thank you for sharing that. Um, hopefully, we've put our listeners um, somewhat at ease as it relates to being an HR professional and in ways that they can leverage artificial intelligence. But I want to take a, a slight shift on focusing, or how do we prepare or support um, our members that are HR professionals in putting their business leaders, like their CEO, at ease as it relates to artificial intelligence? If, um, you know, what would advice would you give me as an HR professional to really support my, um, my president or, or CEO as it relates to artificial intelligence? Well, the, fir the first thing that I would encourage all HR professionals to do, whether they're utilizing artificial intelligence or not, they're using whatever technology they have available to them to speak to business leaders in the terms in which they speak which is the language of numerics, measurement, outcomes, and possibilities, right? Usually those are, that's expressed numerically. Artificial intelligence in the human capital space gives us the ability for the first time to really talk about forecasting and predicting in a way that a chief financial officer does, right? It gives us that same capability and skill in a skill set that previously was not overly valued 
in the human resources space. So now we get that capability just based on the, the current knowledge and information that we have and new ways to present it. So that's the first thing I would advise human capital leaders to do or human capital employees at all levels is to speak in the language of the business, which is numbers. So that's that's number one. The second thing that I would advise those, those folks to do, and we've already touched on this just a little bit, uh, Monique, and that is to get comfortable with the technology that you have and don't be afraid to experiment with the technology that's out there and available uh, and free of charge. So SHRM absolutely supports the responsible use of artificial intelligence in almost every facet uh, of the workplace. Why? Because we know the numbers show that it's going to create new economic job creation and skill-based capabilities for people at all levels. And artificial intelligence doesn't care if you are a man or a woman, old or young, black or white, or anything else, right? It cares that the capability is there and, and it is clearly, hopefully, in the way that people utilize it, uh, fully competent and capable of discerning that same result for people, regardless of how the, the input is provided. So that brings us kind of to this idea of bias, right? And those types of things that can exist uh, in artificial intelligence. Now, there's been a lot written about this, a lot, uh, a, a lot studied. And th at the end of the day, the, the knowledge base today suggests that artificial intelligence certainly eliminates more bias than it generates. Now, now, with that being said, you have to remember that everything that's data-oriented that the artificial intelligence is using to draw those conclusions was most likely created or input by a human being. And those human beings inherently have some, some type of bias. So a thorough scrutiny of the responses that come from artificial intelligence is where you begin. So if people are worried about those kinds of things, this is where the AI plus HI component comes in very handy because it's still going to require human intelligence to present information generated by artificial intelligence in a way that's responsible and fair and equitable to the end user, right? That's, that's our job as humans to ensure that that happens. So we as human resources professionals, in my mind, have the unique opportunity to not just embrace this, as, I, as I've described to you, but to see it as an uh, opportunity and upside for all of our organization's capabilities because it's going to give us new ways of looking at solutions to complex problems that we probably had never conceived uh, prior to that. The fourth thing that I would like to challenge our, our colleagues in the human resources space to do is own this. Own it. Just flat out own it in your respective organization. Let's face it, lots of people and lots of things are flying around out there now, all around this artificial intelligence space. And it's going to take a calm, rational, logical approach to the effective use of artificial intelligence in your organization for it to be maximized by your business. There's nobody in an organization better positioned to provide that calm, rational, logical, intelligent approach than a human resources practitioner. So just own it. Just own it. Get your arms around it. Own it. Learn to love it. Learn to embrace it. Grasp it. You know, become creative with it. And the outcomes, I think, for us as human resources professionals are exciting and interesting and even required for us to be effective in the future. And then finally, I would encourage those same HR practitioners to spread that knowledge, skill, competency, and capability throughout their organization. 
So you should become the person who establishes the rules of engagement for your company about our artificial intelligence. You become the person who takes those things and builds the, the playground upon which people can operate within artificial intelligence within that construct uh, of your company. And the way we look at this at SHRM is we have an AI in the workplace resource hub, which is available uh, for people. I've already mentioned the AI playbook, which is free to everybody who's listening to this call, whether they're a SHRM member or not. And if not, we certainly hope that you will be soon, but that that, that capability is certainly there. There are, for sure, members, there are research reports out there on a, a variety of topics related to artificial intelligence. We have in our knowledge department, uh, where you can actually talk to a person about questions that you might have, folks are able to answer this. And finally, we are sponsoring what we're calling the AI plus HI project. It's out at Microsoft's uh, Silicon Valley headquarters in Mountain View, California. That event is going to be March 4th through the 6th, so it's coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, and we are super excited to be bringing together some of the world's leading thinkers, experts, and practitioners all in one space as we talk about AI plus HI delivering ROI for our respective organizations. So hopefully some folks will be able to sign up for that and uh, seize that opportunity to learn more and joining us out in Mountain View, California uh, on the Microsoft campus. So lots of resources out there, Monique, lots of possibility and lots of new tools for people to explore, many of them free of charge in uh, the, the generative AI or some people call it the chat GPT space. Chat GPT is just one of the tools that are available for people in the generative AI uh, platforms. Thank you for sharing that, Jim. I know that um, I am grateful, not only just um, as an employee of SHRM, uh, but the resources that are available related to artificial intelligence. A few weeks ago, I downloaded that playbook and really took a deep dive into some of the information and resources that were available and, and was able to actually share that with some of my colleagues uh, that are HR practitioners to let them know that this is a resource that is available and the work that SHRM is doing to support our members um, in the space of artificial intelligence. And you talked a little bit about risk in terms of biases, but are there any other risks HR professionals or business leaders should consider as it relates to artificial intelligence? Yeah, I mean, there, there are a few, obviously. I mean, we talked about bias already, as, as you indicated. I mean, th that's the thing that I pay the most attention to, Right, because I think of all of the places where that we have the, the biggest opportunity to improve, it's certainly in the space of ensuring that whatever technology we create, it's devoid of bias of any type. And I think that's going to be something we'll have to think about and, and continue to determine approaches to eliminate bias from any type of technological application that we have. And there are a lot of really smart people out there thinking about this right now. Right. I mean, where that this is their life's work. If we're going to have all of this great knowledge and information, let's by all means ensure that it's it's bias free. The second area, I think, besides bias, where people really need to pay some attention is in the area of intellectual property. So when you when you think about intellectual property in the AI space, there are really two primary concerns that are there. And that is the developers, the people who are doing this, have a concern that's focused on sharing intellectual property that would render their algorithms or their, their particular science non-proprietary, right? So if you worked all your life to build a proprietary engine of some type or tool of some type, and, and then that becomes 
lost to you because of the use of artificial intelligence. That That's not a good thing, right? So we have to think about intellectual property as something we want to protect. And then the users, so I talked about the developers and the risk of intellectual property. The users of generative AI have concerns that are regarding the ownership of content developed utilizing tools like ChatGPT or Magic Design or name your new tool that's out there. This was really what was a lot of the issue in some of the recent labor actions that we've seen around the use of creative skill and competency and capability. So the idea of creation has traditionally been a uniquely human component, but now we see creation occurring from the use of artificial intelligence as well. And I think we have to think about that as generative AI gets better and better, we have to think about where those bright lines are between the human contribution to creativity and the artificial intelligence to creativity. And that usually surfaces in the form of intellectual property. There's another thing we have to be aware of. It's got a fancy word. I love saying it. It's called spurious prediction. Right. And this is still being uh, explored. But what spurious prediction actually says is that as we get better with all the machine learning and, and, and massive data competencies and capabilities that that data analytics provides us with, is artificial intelligence going to find relationships amongst the magnitude of all of that data and, and, and knowledge out there that are spurious? Right. They're, they they make no sense. Right. Like, for example, in the old days, you could say that something A and something B was correlated, but yet that has no value or contribution to the world of mankind or humankind. Right. They're unrelated events. So in HR in particular, you can think about spurious prediction leading to faulty assumptions or resulting in detrimental selection decisions or serving up the wrong people for promotion or automating things that it doesn't make sense to automate because the outcomes are not predictable. So that's our spurious uh, prediction in this space. That's another thing that we have to be a little bit leery of. And there, there are also things that we should be thinking about that I don't think anybody's really thinking about yet as we continue to advance in this space of artificial intelligence. One is this is going to be an opportunity for the disingenuous and bad actors of the world, right? We've already seen just utilizing current technological capability, you know, we have spammers, we have hackers, we have people who are doing nefarious things, you know, with our email. We have people who are posting things that are, that are not from the source. So I call those, that's the bad actor syndrome. And we have to be super careful about that with with artificial intelligence, just like we do with any other piece of technology. I wonder in my own mind what this does for the human capability to think. So if we are relying more and more on technology to do some of our base thinking for us, then we have to ensure that we are not in some way engaging or activating cognitive decline and growth for us as human beings, right? We have to think about that. You know, we saw a little bit of this whenever um, uh, the pandemic, whenever a lot of kids were were out of the structures where humans normally thrive. 
And we saw, I think the evidence is quite clear that there was some degrees of cognitive decline in certain areas of education. Perhaps that same thing might happen with the advanced further use of, of artificial intelligence. I hope not, but I hope there are some smart people out there really thinking about this and helping us determine how we can prevent that from happening as we continue to advance in the world of artificial intelligence. There's also all of this idea of deep faking and things that can be created from the world of deep fakes and what value they are. And we all know that there are going to be gullible people out there who believe these deep fakes, regardless of their authenticity. So unfortunately, there are some folks in the world who value the deep fake as a thing of reality as much as other people detest it. So that whole world of deep faking and the value that that brings or lack of value that it brings into our society is probably an ethical and moral problem that we haven't given enough consideration to yet. And then the other thing we have to think about is that I don't know if this is good or bad, but we need to think about it. Artificial intelligence gives us the opportunity to create what I think of as unbound performance. And when you think about that, should performance actually be unbound? And if so, how are we as the humans in that AI plus HI factor going to adjust to that capability? I don't know. We'll let the sociologists and psychologists and psychiatrists and all those people who have PhDs and MDs and other things figure that out. All I know is here at Sherman, we're smart enough to be asking these questions, but we're going to need the entirety of the people that are surrounding and working in this artificial intelligence space to help us ensure that we do the right things with this and that we focus on the good outcomes while managing the potential bad outcomes. Wow, Jim, my head is spinning in a good way, right? With <laughs> with all of these things to consider. And I know that we only scratched the surface as it relates to artificial intelligence. And there are so many paths that, can, that we can go down, whether it's related to talent acquisition or performance uh, management or learning and development related to artificial intelligence. But I think that you have provided our listeners with a really solid foundation and thought-provoking questions to consider as we uh, learn to um, embrace, which is uh, one of my words for this year, embrace artificial intelligence. And it's very evident that artificial intelligence isn't a standalone tool. It is required. It has to have that human intelligence component in order for us to be able to leverage that. Um, and so just as we wrap up uh, this topic, and I'm sure that there will be further discussions around artificial intelligence and ways that our members or listeners can leverage artificial intelligence in their everyday work. What are your honest thoughts, just kind of like pure honest thoughts um, around artificial intelligence? You know, my pure honest thought is this is the next wave of technological advancement in our society. It's not just in human resources, but it's in our society in general. And just like any other technological advancement before it, it will serve the greater good of our world, of our society, of our communities, and us as human beings. It's up to us how to do that in a way and at a pace that we find comfortable at which we're willing to acquire the skills and knowledge to do that. And we know that the outcomes for that will generate a, a better world of work for everyone. And that's what we here at Sherm are certainly after impacting the world of work, workers and the workplace. That's what I think, Monique. 
Thank you for sharing that, Jim. I know I just I shared a few minutes ago where my word for the year is embrace. And so even in, in keeping with the title of our podcast, Honest HR, and in asking you the question, what are your honest thoughts this year? My word is embrace. And as you were speaking, that is the word that kept popping in my mind, right? As it related as it relates to artificial intelligence. And so I think my honest thoughts around this is uh, for HR uh, professionals and business leaders to truly embrace artificial intelligence. And going back to a comment you made earlier in terms of focusing not only what's possible, but focusing on what's impossible and ways that we can leverage the new technology and the tools and the resources that are provided um, for us to be able to do that. So Jim, thank you so much for your time and for sharing um, some really good information, I believe, um, as it relates to artificial intelligence and uh, what we should consider um, as it relates to this topic. So a big thank you to you um, for joining me today to discuss the topic of artificial intelligence. Thank you, Monique. It's been my pleasure. I hope all of our listeners have a great day and use those resources available at Sherm.org. Absolutely. Thank you. If you haven't already, subscribe and follow Honest HR however you listen to your podcast. Also, reviews have a real impact on a podcast visibility. So if you enjoyed today's episode, leave a review and help others find our show. As we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this podcast is approved to provide 0.75 SHRM PDCs towards your SHRM CP or SHRM SCP recertification. After you've listened, you're eligible to enter activity code 24Y as in yo-yo, D as in David, C as in cat, M as in Mary, H as in happy, again, 24YDCMH. Please note this code expires March 1st, 2025. Feel free to reach out to me on social media, Monique Akanbi, A-K-A-N-B-I. To learn more about Honest HR, head to sherm.org forward slash Honest HR, and you can hear more podcasts from Sherm. Thank you again for joining us on Honest HR. Have a wonderful rest of your day.